Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So, Kevin Stefanski was on so part of my it's, take. It's a hump day. It is a hump day. And uh, Kevin Stefanski, and it, you, you could tell that it was uh, it was it was taped. It had probably been taped at the combine, and we got to see a little bit more of Kevin Stefanski. Are we seeing the Kevin Stefanski goodwill tour going on this off season? Oh, I don't know about that. I think you're seeing that, you know, PFT and those guys um, on part of my take can get guys on their show, mm-hmm. and they certainly can open people up. Well, so I, the reason why I say the Kevin Stefanski Goodwill Tour is we did see Kevin at the end of the regular season go in with Ken and Anthony. Mm-hmm. Now, he's ducking us, and I'm actually starting that just to see if we can get the public to get in on this, maybe get a little pressure, leverage that, and Stefanski coming to the studio with us because I'm jealous. But, yeah, I mean, he did. he's done two things this offseason that we've, we, we have not seen him go to before, which is a national podcast. Yep. And an in-studio appearance for a local drive show with Ken and Anthony. I think that's interesting. Like, do you think? Do you think that the Browns? Because I, I listen. I think like a lot of really smart people, and I, I, I can understand why they go here. I think a lot of smart people think, well, the football's all that matters, so uh, we're just going to focus on winning and you know let everything take care of itself. That works if you're winning. If you're not winning, yeah, you need to get your ass out there in front of people. You need to do some of the basic, you know, uh, handshaking and, you know, goodwill kind of stuff. And, one, if this is Kevin Stefanski trying to do that, then I do say kudos. I th- that shows effort. That shows something. We got a guy creeping up on you. Yeah? He's got a bottle of liquor. Okay. Right behind you. Can he share? Uh, he, j- he was, like, staring at you, dude. Well, in fairness, I am very good looking for a fat man. We should make the studios down here. I actually... I think it'd be a good idea. So, I actually like where our studios are because it's great people watching, but I think this would be dynamic people watching. What's funny is where I sit in the studio, as opposed to where you sit, you get to actually see the people downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. I see the people that walk behind you. There's a Sophie's Choice, though, to what we do. I would rather sit in my chair Mm -hmm. than yours. So, I've thought about this a lot. I've always sat in the chair. And now... Um, Adam sat in the same chair that I yeah. sit in. Now, Ken, again, he, he sits in sits the opposite, chair. sits in your chair. Yeah. So there's no real rhyme or reason. Kevin Kylie sat in uh, in the chair that Ken Carmen sits in. So there's no real rhyme or reason to who sits in what chair. Oh, Boom sat in my chair? I believe so. Okay. Wait, no, no. Kevin yeah. Kylie sat in your chair. Yeah, oh. Ke- Kevin sat in, the, in your chair. Yeah. Okay. All right. We got to so, move on. <laughs> but I, so there's no real rhyme or reason. But I do realize... <laughs> I'm not somebody who likes to have people behind me. Right. And I've realized that in that studio, it is impossible to not have somebody behind you in one way or another. It's so funny. I've got a couple of friends that I've just, you know, the last couple of years mm-hmm. that have I've had dinners with. And these people are very weird about where they sit at dinners. Like they have, they can't have their back to the door. Mm-hmm. Is that weird? No, that's, I, that's normally where I am. Like my buddy's an ex-Army 
uh, cop guy. Like mm-hmm. he, he's he's very like I need to know what's going on in yeah. the situation around me. At I'm all that time. same way, except really? I'm not ex army. You're just not a Jason Bourne type, or yeah, or like can defend myself at all. Okay, it's just you I would like the same to know. Feeling. It's more. It's less that I would like. You know, if something happens, I'd like to be there so to, yeah. uh, to 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 handle it. It's more that I want to see death coming. Okay. Yeah, it's more like that. Yeah, if someone comes in with a you know weapon or something, yeah. you want to know before. Yeah, yeah. it's less that I you could stop know before them. your demise. Yes, it, it's more of like a, oh, okay, thank you, Lord, been good, curtains. Night, night. Yeah, night, night. I think we did. The, the, okay, there was a there well, was a flaw in the Death Star, the plan to do this in the the to today's show, the first hour in the conference room, and it's that Dustin's ADD. Oh yeah, it's bad. Is to a different level right now. I'm staring at this guy who was just staring at you, like he was peeking in uh-huh. with his bottle of liquor, and uh-huh. he was looking at your backside. Well, it's a good ass. It's a good ass. I don't think you can see your ass. Well, okay, but you said backside. That well, backside is your ass. You mean oh, just the back of just me? Just the back of you. I got good shoulders. <laughs> I have very good shoulders. Shoulders and calves. Those are the things I'm complimented on. I'm sure you could uh, smoke a shoulder. That was a very mid-joke. Although I don't know we're allowed to say that. We'll get to that. Are we allowed to say mid? We'll get to that later in today's show. Uh, Stefanski was on. Kevin Stefanski was on PMT. I don't think we can put put to bed the idea of a Kevin Stefanski goodwill tour. And I don't mean it in like a... I don't mean it in a bad way. I I really mean it like I I think I think it I think this season it might have finally hit the Browns that it that you have to put work into the relationship. And when I say the Browns, I'm not talking about their PR staff. I'm not talking about the Haslam's. I'm talking about the people who have to face the media every day, specifically Kevin Stefanski. And I, 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 again, I will commend them. It, I think they could do more. You always think they could do more. But if going on PMT, and I, there was some funny stuff on there, like, and by the way, on Ken and Anthony, everybody likes to just talk about how Kevin doesn't say anything. I thought he said some stuff. I thought he opened up to some extent with Ken and Anthony. And I think we clearly saw it on the Pardon My Take podcast as well. I think that's fair. I mean, there were some things that he said that certainly opened him up a little bit. Um, he opened up in studio at times. I don't think Stefanski's this, you know, hyper, um, you know, not going to talk about things kind of guy. Like, he, he's mm-hmm. he's a pretty normal dude. I just feel like he comes across kind of as a robot at times because that's just what he's been taught, and he's not going to try and give you a lot of information through the media. Yeah, I mean, I think he said this with Ken and Anthony. I think he said it um, on Pardon My Take today, which was that, you know, he uh, he he doesn't want to his attitude to come off in a way that negatively impacts the TV. He's hyper-aware of what he says. And I, I, I think what's interesting is Kevin is in a different situation than what I've had or the relationship I've had to most Browns coaches. In that, like, I actually think there's something there. Like, I, I think there is a good head coach there. So when you hear me rant and rave, it's more frustration that I see a guy not putting himself in a position to be the guy here for the next five years, ten years. And that's what I want. I've had enough of these casual flings with head coaches and by the way, most of them are good dudes. Like, right. you know, Pat Sherman was a great dude. 
Love Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer brought us in his office, had a conversation with us. Like, we had a good relationship with Pat Shermer. I never was as confident in Pat Shermer as I have been at points with Kevin Stefanski. Probably the only coach since uh, probably Eric Mancini that I've thought really had a chance to be somebody as a head coach was Mike Patton. Yeah. And I don't know there's been a head coaching candidate been put in a worse situation than Mike Patton. So, like, the two guys out of, what is it, 17 coaches? I'm just kidding. Some five, six coaches in 13 years. This is the guy I've been most confident about. And so it was, e- it was interesting to hear, and we're going to play a lot of that audio in, in the show, about, you know, whether the, the idea of uh, run versus pass and, and how that works. We're going to talk about, you know, his love of trick plays and, and, uh, and, and how it feels like when those trick plays don't go the right way. But I actually, I'll, I'll say this. I still have my, the biggest doubts I have about the Browns in 2023 are actually Kevin Stefanski. And I also think Kevin Stefanski has helped himself out to a significant level this offseason. With all of his conversations? with Well, his I think media? that's part of it, but okay. I also think the decisions that he's made. I think firing Joe Woods and, and Mike Prefer, I think those were the right moves. I, 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 felt, I feel stronger about Joe Woods than I do Mike Prefer. Um I feel like Mike Prefer was consistently given rookie players, and when you're consistently given rookie players or less than league average players to develop, um, that's a Herculean task. Now, Cade York didn't work out this year. You got to have a fall guy. I get it, but like Joe Woods was not the guy, and he he held on to Joe not just you know t- five games too long. He probably held on to him a full season too long, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to make like we. I hear people all the time. They fight about, well, how much difference does a, a, a good defensive coordinator mean? Well, when your other defensive coordinator wasn't getting it done, a lot. Jim Jim Schwartz doesn't have to be Wade Phillips in his prime to simply be twice the coach that Joe Woods was. And it's not even about coach. It's more about the get the results. And that's just what Joe Woods didn't do. 216 why am I sending out that? Does that number even work? It doesn't work anymore. Why did, We've got a new number. I'm very, but I don't think we can use that number this hour, right? Not yet. We, I, we're without. What did you say? I said not yet. We'll, we'll get not you. Yeah. So, so no calls for a while. At Nick Wilson says, at Dustin Fox thirty seven on Twitter. Uh, Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Uh, the question is: Has Kevin Stefanski helped himself with you, the fan? This offseason, we'll get your reaction on that. Kevin can can talk about balance. Kevin really loves talking about balance. But I think you hear in him talking about football, and I when he just talks ball, I do love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you hear a guy who pretty much confirms what, what I think we all think about him, which is that in his heart of heart, if the game's going to come down to a great run or a great pass, Kevin Stefanski – is going to choose great pass every single time. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Um, you know, listening to those comments, it made me kind of think a little bit more about the conversations you and I have had about the running game and how much of a factor it, it's going to be and how much it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you hear that, it's like, man, I hate to go there, but it's like, do, are we just going to waste Nick Chubb? Yeah, I man, I think it's a real concern. And I now, in fairness, I don't think they would say 
even if it's 15 touches a game next year, I would I think they would say, well, 15 touches equals X amount of yards. It's not it's not wasting him. Mm-hmm. Maybe they think they're prolonging Nick Chubb. I think it just comes down to philosophy. Like I think I think actually I, I think every time I think the only lie about uh, <laughs> Nick Camino just sent in at Nick Wilson says, uh, butcher any names yet. I have not butchered any names you say yet. You tweet? Uh, yes, he did just tweet that at me. At Chris Camino? At uh, Nick Camino, WKYC. Want to hit him with a follow since I butchered his name every which way at the end Nick of Camino. yesterday's show. Man, why would God do that? Richard Camino? So, I think the only lie I heard and what Kevin Stefanski had to say on You heard PMT, a lie. Yeah is that he wants balanced offense. I think that's the lie. I think I think in his heart of hearts, he is a pass-first guy. Mm-hmm. And I actually think, or maybe it's not a lie, the, the balanced offense thing. But I think it's him hedging what he's saying. I think in his heart of hearts, and, you know, late in games, think about it. You'll have time to run the ball. You'll have a Nick Chubb who's on fire. And he'll choose to put it in the hands of Jacoby Brissett. And I love Jacoby Brissett. But me winning and losing a game, I'm gonna put it on I'm gonna put it on Chubb. I'm not gonna put it on a backup quarterback. With all due love and respect to Jacoby Brissett, and he was fantastic this year. Not about that. It's about I'm gonna put it on the elite player. But for him, the passing game, regardless of who the quarterback, I think he thinks the, the system and the, uh, the aggressive mentality is the elite thing, regardless of who's under center. Yeah, I, I think he's got a philosophy in mind where it doesn't matter who the player is. It's, I mean, assuming he's a decent quarterback that can like run the offense the way he wants, I think he's got a philosophy. I don't, I don't think that it's, oh, well, it's Brissett this week, and you know, it was Baker Mayfield here, it was Deshaun Watson. Like, I, I think he's just got an idea – and it's the Browns' job to sort of fill in those holes to make sure the offense works. Well, and I think it does point to, one, I I think he hedges the bet because he knows if he says, I'm a pass-first guy, I think he knows it's going to be unpopular. I do. Because this is a town that is built off of what? Blue-collar football. Mm-hmm. And blue-collar football is not throwing the ball 40 times a game. And I, and I think the Browns, I mean, we've heard Andrew Barry make jokes about um, how analytics has been misconstrued in this town, and I I think there is it. I think they know, like the team doesn't fit the town. Um, it's a bunch of Ivy Leaguers. I don't I don't have a problem with that. I think there are people who don't give them the benefit of the doubt because they are Ivy Leaguers. I think it's run by a couple people from Tennessee, so the owners are outsiders. The perception is. Management is outsiders, and I think the style is outsiders. And so I do think that that pressure does hit differently for them. I, I think I think they get less of a benefit of the doubt, and I'm not talking about you and me. I'm talking about people older than us. I'm talking about the, the, the age of Browns fans mm-hmm. that just want Marty Ball. And by the way, it won. It's the most winning of most Browns fans have done in their entire life was ground and pound and great defense. And by the way, that that uh, that formula still does work in the NFL. Mike Vrabel, his, I think it's why people thirst for Mike Vrabel. But that's not what the Browns want to do. 
And I actually I, I was thinking about this listening to Kevin Stefanski talk about you know run pa- run uh, run first pass first that kind of mentality. I'm I'm really intrigued by an idea that I've been thinking on and kind of meditating on for a while with the Browns, which is wondering whether passing more is going to bring out the best Kevin Stefanski. You think it will? Or, I don't or, know. Or could it? I think it could, though, okay. because he's no longer going to be fighting his base instinct. Even when he had Baker, Nick Chubb, and a phenomenal offensive line and a great defense in 2022, or in 2020, excuse me, there were times he just wanted to pass the friggin' ball. Didn't matter if it made sense. It didn't. It, it was that is his default. And by the way, it's okay because that's what that's his philosophy. That's what he believes in as a coach. But I wonder if he doesn't have that. Well, we got to we got to run the ball because because it's a blue collar team and this is how we've set up. We 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 don't have a elite quarterback. There's a part of me that wonders if you unburden him from having. Uh, middle-of-the-road quarterback or a non-franchise quarterback, as part of me, can Kevin Stefanski really cook this year? You think he can? I feel more certain that he can than any other Browns coach I've had in my life. Well, that's not fair. Any other Would you coach... feel differently if we did not have Deshaun Watson? Um, yes. Because okay. I, I think the formula would still be ground and pound and pass when you need to. But I think there's, you know, I don't know how optimistic I am about the whole thing. But, you know, one of the reasons why um, the Browns brought back Kevin, why there was no thought of firing Kevin is, well, you can't really judge him until you've seen him with 17 full games for Deshaun Watson. And I think there is, like, there's a little troubled thinking in that because you've got three years with him. It's like people like you know, uh, Fedor the other day uh, on Baskin and Phelps saying, oh, yeah, you can't fire JB until you get him into multiple playoff um, environments, until you see him. And it's like, well, he had a playoff series with Houston, and this will be a second trip. In as, And by the way, he's been a head coach seven years in the NBA. I feel like if if you have negative thoughts there, those are valid. So I feel very similar to Kevin Stefanski, but I do think like, you know, like the uh, what was the Matthew Berry number? Was it forty passing attempts per game for Deshaun Watson? I think it was like forty, and then like twelve touches on yeah. offense. That still felt like hyperbole to me. It didn't make me feel great though when thinking about that. But the more I thought about it, is, um, I think that's probably what Kevin wants to do. And the reality is, it, so I think, I think the only concern I have in it is it's such a huge departure. You know, like, here are the two quarterbacks that averaged 40-plus passing attempts per game last year. It was Justin Herbert and it was Tom Brady. Justin Herbert, great. Tom Brady was statistically great. He also passed it like 45 times a game, and they they barely won any games last year. Yeah, they're 8-9. And, and had they been in a different division, they're probably not in the playoffs. So, you know, one team that made the playoffs, one team that didn't, I, I don't know. I am I am in let me put it this way. I'm not certain or uncertain that more passing leads to a better Kevin Stefanski. But I am intrigued by the idea. For all the doubt that I have about Kevin, the more I've thought about passing more and that's what he wants to do and whether that will unburden him and maybe make him a better play caller, mm-hmm. 
that at least made me feel a little bit better about what feels like an uphill climb into year four. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I didn't like what he did last year. I thought he did a decent job to start the season with uh, Jacoby Brissett. And then once Deshaun came back, I felt like there wasn't a plan. And they just kind of flew by the seat of their pants in the middle of December trying to, you know, run an offense that certainly didn't suit the conditions and, and the weather and all that stuff. And, look, I, I, I just want to see what he can do with Deshaun, with a full off season coming into the year, beautiful weather. It's not going to be a, a gale force wind game, right? I mean, these are the things that I want to see. Uh, we also had Kevin Stefanski on the Pardon My Take podcast uh, talk about the risk-reward of trick plays. I, I love that humility. Yeah, and he talked about he's, the Amari Cooper play right. where uh, the, Mari, the Amari the Cooper – Yeah, the double pass interception. And he w- – <laughs> He said, in his words, I wanted to boo, to boo myself on that play. Good. So, like, that kind of gets back into what we talked about in the first segment. Like, that kind of stuff, that kind of humility well, and humanity. Just, just that sort of personality, showing that side of yourself to the fans, I think that goes a long way. All right, guys, want to hear from you on this one. At Nick Wilson says, at Dustin Fox 37 uh, a thought that I have been uh, really tossing around for a while up in the old uh, dome is uh, whether Kevin Stefanski passing more actually can bring out a better Kevin Stefanski. Playing Madden, this young generation of coaches, of which Kevin's 40, uh, so we're in that window. Yeah, I do think, and it's and do not get me wrong, I'm not saying that the younger group of fans know more football than uh, older groups of fans who didn't grow up with Madden. But I am saying that everything anybody has suggested that is my age, a little bit older, and all the way younger, anytime anybody suggested something that sounds outlandish on Sports Talk Radio, it has been tried first in Madden. Yes. I mean, Madden, or in, like, high school Texas football, right? Yeah, sure, whatever. One of those two. But, like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear his point. I mean, we've all grew, grown up playing Madden or college football or whatever, so we, like, know – these situations and things like that. Just uh, just don't take my son's advice on Madden because uh, this morning, which, uh, by the way, t- today's my son's 10th birthday. Happy and, birthday, and little he, fox. He went to play a little Madden before school this morning. Mm-hmm. And he just he just goes for onside kicks and doesn't punt and goes for two every time. No, I love that. Yeah. That's, that's how you win at life. Is that right? Yeah, there's no punting in life and only no, onside no, kicks. No brakes, all gas? Uh, no brakes, all gas. Pedal to the metal? You, okay, you don't go full uh, Art Bryles, right? But in terms of on-field, you go full Art Bryles. It's the best way to be. First-class ticket to hell? If you can encourage your son to live that way in his regular life, oh, he's going to experience That's things you've never dreamed of. That's what he does, man. Good. Let's 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 foster that. Live fast and dangerous. When he's like the 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 president of Paris in twenty years, and we're like, how did he get there? We're gonna be like, he started on Madden, and he just all gas, no brakes. Hmm. See, now now you're thinking about it. I'm thinking a little bit about now it. Anything like how different would your life be if you would just been all gas and no brakes? Uh, what would your life be like? Uh the same. Yeah. 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 I never okay because the I was never going to go all gas into education, all right. I was only going to go all gas into drinking and uh, being a smartass. Those were the only places I was going to go all in on. 
Uh, Jim in Strongsville saying, where are you getting this 40 passes uh, or 40 times a game, 40 attempts a game? Uh, Watson averaged 28 passes a game last year, and Chubb was top five in attempts. Uh, so we are referencing, as I did in the last segment, the Matthew Berry um, – uh, throwing out the number sure. that one of the things he heard or two of the things he heard in Indianapolis at the Combine was that the Browns could look to average 40 passing attempts uh, per game, and that would leave Nick Chubb with about 12 carries per game. And it's interesting. Like, I actually went through the uh, passing attempt numbers for Deshaun Watson. I don't think people realize how many passing attempts, 40 passing attempts per game is. Again, two quarterbacks had 40-plus passing attempts per game last year. It was Herbert, and it was uh, Tom Brady. The most passing attempts per game Deshaun has ever had in his NFL career was when he threw for about 5,000 yards in 2020. It was 34 passing attempts per game. So 40 is a lot. It's an ass load. It is an astronomical amount. Considering that most of the time we've seen in the last, what, what, Baker 25, 26 attempts per game probably on average? Like, I can see him having games where he throws for 37 attempts, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even over 40 at times. But to average 40, that means you're probably yeah. having games where you're throwing the ball 45 times. Well, I just think there are so many times where we're like, we'll see Mahomes. And Mahomes is like, oh, Mahomes threw 50 times. Yeah, there are also games where Pat Mahomes throws 27 times. And I think Mahomes actually had like 37 or 38 passing attempts per game last year. Is that right? Yeah. I I just I'm fascinated with the idea. And it's so funny because you know, we've had people ask us, what is the Browns offense going to look like next year? And the Matthew Berry thinks the only thing we've had to talk about that gives us some sort of an idea. Like, oh, well, they're going to spend a lot of the time in five wide and uh which again, I I a lot of this felt like drunken Indianapolis hyperbole to mm-hmm. me. They're going to throw the ball 40 times a game and five wide every down. They need to throw the ball more. It, it sounded like it sounded like he was talking to your son in Indianapolis, and your son was just like, all gas, no breaks. That's He's the Browns like, offense. No, yeah, we're, every PAT <laughs> attempt is a fake field goal. Um, but that being said, like – By the way, I busted his ass this morning because he yeah. was playing on like the – the easiest level. Yeah. And he loves it because he just he plays with the Bills and he just beats up on whoever and he wins like a hundred and seven to mm-hmm. five. It's weird scoring. So so he doesn't know how to do that on, on no, the hard level. No. So then I gave him a hard time and I was like, dude, I'm like, why don't you play all Madden? Stop being a little B. Uh what'd he say? He turned the game off and started on all Madden. Oh, look at that. And then he played a really good game and because he went for an onside kick and went for two he lost on a last-second field goal. I'm like, that's what you get. I uh, I will say, as a young kid, I didn't challenge myself enough at Madden. And so when I would go to play other kids, they would just kick the holy hell out of me. It took forever to get really good at playing other kids. You just just Madden, I could adjust the you know slide from one level to another, be fine. But I because I played easy so often, oh, yeah. It was never enjoyable for me to play on the easiest level. I just like running the ball, and it's impossible to run the ball. It's easy to pass the ball on the hardest level. It is impossible to run the ball consistently on the the uh, hardest level. And I don't like that because uh, your boy likes ground and pound. You're like Jim Harbaugh. Without the milk and the steak, yes. Or the khakis. Like you need yourself some 12 personnel. 
You need a fullback, <laughs> and you want to run the run the damn ball. You know what? No, I need an H back. I still remember uh, when the Browns signed Mike Sellers. It was the first time I ever heard the term H back because it was still a relatively new thought in the NFL mm-hmm. of like, well, he's like kind of a tight end, and he's. He's kind of a fullback, and he's kind of a running back, and I was so pissed. I was like, no, I need Lorenzo Neal six games into <laughs> six games into Mike Sellers. I'm like, where can we find more of these? This is what we need. Mike Allstott as well. Where's our, where's our generation's Mike Allstott? That's what I want to know, Lord. Who's the next Mike Allstott? I mean, we got the kid out in San Fran, right? Um, uh, use check. Use check. Cloverleaf zone. What? What? Yeah, Cleveland. Uh, well, Northeast uh, Ohio. Medina County. Whatever. We don't. We don't have a lot in Medina County. Give us. Give us the one NFL player. It was what? What high school? Cloverleaf. Cloverleaf. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? Shout out to the Colts. We got against. Yeah. Something against Cloverleaf. I got nothing against. Because I will line up country mothers on this, where and, did you, and they Where will. did you go to school again? Uh, I went to Woodridge. But I also spent some time in the Cloverleaf School District once upon a time. It's where my, my parents graduated from, both of them. What, what? That's what you got to say afterwards. What, what? Yeah. I don't think the morning show would appreciate that. That's what that. the kids are saying. Listen, I know. I don't know. know any 37-year-old man that says, what, what? Well, then, no, you do, because you know me. I think it's pretty mid. You know what? Listen, uh, I'm not about that life, okay? Calling others what, mid and what, whatnot. What, what life are you about? This one. The right one. I got nothing else on that. We no, I actually do have something else, but I don't want to launch into it until we, I have are time. Are we allowed to move to the studio now or no? Uh, that's a Keith question. I'm here until they tell me to move my fat ass. He says we're close. He just looked at you. Where'd you get the close from? He just said close. I don't know if he said that. I, okay, well now he's holding up his finger. But I, no, I he just said close. I, yeah. All right. That was a thumb. A thumb is a finger. Am I wrong on that? How about my son today? Back to my son because. My son. My son. He got so mad when he lost the game. Uh huh. He said, Frick you, Madden. <laughs> and then he put his hand up like he was going to flick off the TV. The three fingers? And he did the, the index finger. Oh. He's like this. Uh, so my kids have learned the read between the lines. Yeah. And now it's so funny to see little hands, just three fingers closed together. Just like He went like this. Yeah. And he bent it. Yeah, bent the index finger. Do your kids do this? Because your kids are, you know, close in age, like my, within like three years of each other. My kids do the thing of they think dad can't hear them, and so they th- they get they say what they think they can say when dad's not around. And I'm like, guys, the walls aren't that thick. You're and you're not that clever. Like I can hear everything you're saying. I didn't say that. Yes, you did. I heard you say it. Do your kids do that, or are your kids just smart? They're way smarter than I am. Uh, that's problematic. <laughs> no doubt. Yep. Uh, 216. Oh, almost did it again. There's no phone number to give, Nick. At Nick Wilson says, at Dustin Fox 37. 40 passing attempts for Deshaun Watson. Offseason hyperbole, or is that what you want the Browns offseason to be 